Foul Territory is presented by Gizzard Gary Productions. It is recorded from my weekly YouTube program, which is live-streamed every Friday at 9 p.m. Central. It is a firearm and 2A-related panel discussion, where I and my panel discuss current news and events, along with audience interaction, casual conversation, and friendly banter. What will you learn today? And now, ladies and gentlemen, Foul Territory. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to Foul Territory 253. I am your cordial host, Gizzard Gary, and it is Friday, March the 1st. So welcome, one and all, to the show. Yeah. All right. Let's see who we got out there, first of all. It looks like the first one out there this evening was Gun Websites with the first thumbs up. I need to change that banner. I've got the pre-show banner. Here we go. That's a little better. All right. So, Gun Websites first, and then we have Kingpin. Every Happy Every Second Matters Eve. Krabby Turtle is in the audience. Woods is also out there. Click on Woods. There we have Artek and Daughters. And we have Mike out there with the yo. We have Boomstick Revenge. And we have Jacob S. is in the chat. Uh, Duffer426 is out there. Justin Grimm says hello, everyone. And... Misha N, we waiting on Snob to finish his makeup? Listen, did you know no amount of makeup will ever fix Snob? Now you do. Ah, wow. Michael Dunn is out there. And let's see, I see Dale Pogue. And I see Hillbilly Up out there and in here. So, so far, 13 people in the show. It's a light crowd, but a good crowd. All right, so does this crowd deserve the stellar panel that I have for you this evening? It may not be the panel you need, but it's the panel you deserve. So let's meet them. Look at there. I changed places with somebody. Why not How about there? that? Well, you want to host the show? Go right ahead. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> He didn't want to be here, let alone host. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you put me over there. <laughs> oh, I remember why. So I could be your bottom. There you go. <laughs> All right. So now down. to my right is my co-host with the co-most hated by YouTube. He hails from the state of North Carolina. He is, of course... The sunshine that brightens our day. He is the oracle of knowledge, the voice of reason, and the man of orange. Let's welcome your friend and mine, Obnoxious One. Yo. Yo. Glad to have you aboard, sir. All right. So, let's go down to the bottom of the panel here. And let's go to my neighbor to the east. He... He comes from the show-me state of Missouri. He, of course, is well-known as the host of the Guns, Beer, and Therapy Saturday Night Podcast at this same time, Saturday night, which is tomorrow. And uh, he, of course, is Hillbilly Up. (laughs) Thanks for having me here. Oh man, guys. always enjoy my Friday nights. Been here with you guys, man. Always fun. You bet. I see Hasbro is out there in the chat. I also see Defense Dad, who wants to know who farted. <laughs> was not me. Okay. All right. And last but not least, my neighbor to the south. He is, of course, the pride of Chelsea, Oklahoma. And uh, he, of course, is known for being quite the shocking individual. Let's meet 
the gun snob. Yo. This is I want a refund. I heard is, I heard mm-hmm. Two Live Moo was gonna be here. Yeah, he's not here, Moo. is he? No, I want a refund. I didn't want to join if it wasn't for Moo. I only joined for Moo and he didn't show up. Show it and over. He's a dirty son of a bitch. Yeah, he's so <laughs> good. Wanna say hello to the musical Steven Sheets. Welcome, Steven. Also, Milserp Duo is out there in the audience. So is that one person or is it two? Just about has to be two, doesn't it? I would say so. Uh, Bernie Sanchez is also out there. Dale Pogue wants a refund. Wow. (laughs) And we have Ghost Tactical out there in the audience with the Aloha. Wow. We're up to 25 people in here. And I honestly, honestly, don't have a clue why. But hey, I'll take it. Take it. I'll take it. Uh, Defense Dead says, I've been out looking at new vehicles and coming from someone who sold cars for 10 years, car lots are assholes. I have it on good authority that Moo is actually listening because I got a text that wasn't so friendly. Oh? <laughs> Hasbro says give Dallas refund in hard seltzers. We could do that. We could one hundred percent do that. All right. Well this this chat is kind of starting off slow. So we're going to have to liven things up a little bit. Yeah, you don't like it when I liven things up. I don't care. Tell me I'm taking it off. I'm taking it off track. Go ahead and take it off track. Quiet. I don't care. It's not on track anyway. There is no track. Well, I always have to sit here and be quiet. Go ahead take it off track. <laughs> Ah, come on. Misha's out there. <laughs> Have it's some defense, Dad. I hate car salesmen. It's one job that could absolutely we could do without. Misha says, I mean, Snob did ride the short bus. Wow. It was a full-size bus. I probably should have been on the short bus, but... You wouldn't fit on the short bus. Because you've been yeah. six <laughs> foot tall since you were in the third grade. Or about then. How old were you when you got to be six foot tall? I don't know. Grade school? Yeah. I don't know, really. You don't know? I'll bet your mom's got it. A mark on the wall somewhere. Kent. Closet door somewhere. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we still have... Our hallway closet door still has all the marks on it for all our kids growing up. That does signify that my mom actually liked me, so. (laughs) Oh. They gave you a cool name like Kent. You knew your parents had to love you. Yeah, something like that. And, uh. Looks like our prize winners here, Travis T, is out there in the audience. So, congratulations, <laughs> uh, Travis! Snob definitely peaked in like the fifth grade, and it's been downhill since. Wow! Uh, Defense Dad says I walked out of two dealerships this week so far. Being in sales myself for twenty-seven years, bad sales techniques I have no patience for. Well, you better not go into a car dealership then. Uh, Hasbro says to Hillbilly, speaking of grandkids, just found out we have another on the way. We'll be two, not the 17,000 you have, but we're thrilled. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Congratulations, brother. Yep, them grandkids or something else. How about we talk about some gun stuff? And who... Is this a gun channel? Who better... Who better... 
to talk about than an expert on shooting guns right here. Maybe. There we go. And this is an article by Cam Edwards today that says, Testimony in the Rust Armors trial, not great for Baldwin. Our good old buddy, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin won't stand trial on involuntary manslaughter charges until July at the earliest. But given that he was the one holding the gun when cinematographer Helena Hutchins was shot and killed on a set of the movie Rust, his actions have featured prominently in the trial of the movie's armor, Hannah Gutierrez Reed. Reed is also facing an involuntary manslaughter charge, and prosecutors have been painting a picture of lackadaisical safety on the set where actors and crew members were using the movie's guns for plinking and target practice. It's still not known how a live round made it in the revolver used by Baldwin, but in testimony on Thursday, Assistant Director David Halls recalled that Gutierrez Reed had emptied the revolver and refilled it with what were believed to be dummy rounds before handing the gun to Baldwin. And quoting here, I did not see Ms. Gutierrez take the gun from Mr. Baldwin, Hall said during questioning by the prosecution, but she appeared back on my left-hand side and she said she had put dummy rounds into the revolver. The testimony of Hulls, who pleaded no contest last year to negligent use of a firearm and completed six months of unsupervised parole, may weigh significantly as prosecutors reconstruct the chain of events and custody of ammunition that led to the shooting. He described a rudimentary safety check in which Gutierrez Reed opened a latch on the revolver and he could see three or four dummy rounds inside that he recognized. She took a few steps to Mr. Baldwin and gave Baldwin the gun, Halls testified. Gutierrez Reed hasn't testified but told investigators in the aftermath of the shooting that she left the loaded gun in the hands of Halls and walked out of a makeshift church on the set beforehand. She has pleaded not guilty. The prosecutors alleged there were multiple points of failure that led to Hutchins' death, including Baldwin's own actions. On Thursday, jurors saw footage from the rest set that showed the actor violating one of the most basic rules of gun safety. The director called action, and Alec Baldwin emerged from a wooden shed and advanced toward the camera, firing shots from an old pistol. As soon as he heard, cut, the actor wanted to do the take again. One more! One more! One more, right away, Baldwin shouted. Let's reload. Hannah Gutierrez Reed, the film's 24-year-old armor, hurried to put more blanks into his gun. Baldwin was visibly impatient. Here we go. Come on, he said. We should have two guns and both were reloading. In other scenes, Gutierrez Reed could be seen holding a shotgun upright by the barrel. Carpenter also said that when Baldwin was trying to speed up the reloading of the pistol, she should have slowed things down. Rushing with firearms and telling someone to rush with firearms is not normal nor accepted, Carpenter testified. In a situation like that, when you're getting rushed to that extent, that's when safety starts to fall by the wayside. In another take, Baldwin could be seen lying on his back on the ground while holding a pistol. He gestured with the gun, explaining to the crew how he was going to get up and fire. I don't want to shoot toward you, Baldwin said. I'm going to shoot close to you. Ask if he saw anything wrong with the clip, Carpenter said. He's using the weapon as a pointing stick. At one point, Gutierrez Reed could be heard off screen warning the crew, everyone in the path of the gun, please move. Carpenter said it appeared that Gutierrez Reed was avoiding addressing the issue with Baldwin. She is attempting to not correct Mr. Baldwin, but to try to make the crew move in a more safe position, Carpenter said. Gutierrez Reed is yet to testify herself, but it would not be unreasonable to believe that a 24-year-old who was just starting out in the movie business would have been too intimidated to chastise Baldwin for unsafe gun handling, especially given the actor's track record of angry outburst and his role as a film's producer as well as a star. Carpenter told jurors that regardless of the circumstances, Gutierrez Reed still had a job to perform. And if that's not something you feel capable of doing, you, you should never step in the position of doing it. You have to be prepared to go home. Given the time constraints of the film and the fact that other crew members had already walked away, allegedly in part because of unsafe working conditions, Gutierrez Reed may have felt pressure to stay on the job, 
or was worried what would happen to her future as an armorer if she went home. That might not justify your actions, or inactions as the case may be, but it does help to explain them. Baldwin, on the other hand, is an industry veteran who has worked with guns on set throughout his career. He should have known better than to use the barrel of a revolver to point with. You should always treat a gun as if it's loaded, and that means never pointing it at anything you're not willing to destroy. Baldwin's on camera blatantly ignoring those fundamental gun safety rules, and with other witnesses adamant that the revolver could not have been fired unless the trigger was pulled, Gutierrez Reed's trial has already been damaging to Baldwin's defense. Though the footage on Thursday was meant to establish that Gutierrez Reed wasn't doing her job properly, I suspect that jurors in Baldwin's trial will also be reviewing the video, at least if Baldwin doesn't take a plea deal between now and July. All right. What's your thoughts on this, guys? Anything? I mean... They have the armorers on there, and I'm sure the armorers and the union have pushed for this. They're responsible for it. And if she's, if she let Alec Baldwin bully her, that's still on her. Right. Because not all of them have any kind of firearms knowledge. That's what the armorers are there for. So... It's on. There's multiple failures there, but the but the legal failure is going to be on her. Whether you whether we like Alec Baldwin or not, the the legal failure is on her. Well, my point of view. My point of view is this: is if you have a gun and you think it's totally empty. You pointed at somebody, it goes off. It don't matter what you've been told. You're responsible for that firearm. You shouldn't be pointing at anybody, you know, I mean, directly, you know, even if it's empty. Because if you can weasel out of this, then nobody's responsible for, you know, shooting a firearm that they think might have a dummy round or might be empty. Well, I mean, not to speak in Baldwin's defense, but like Obi said, I think if you're a movie star and you've got a registered armorer on the set, you should be reason reasonably assured that that gun doesn't have live rounds in it. What do you think, Obi? Yeah. Or whoever. Well, that's that's exactly the thing. That I mean, unless mm-hmm. they're gonna. Unless they're going to switch over to all rubber guns or all prop guns or what whatever, then that's part of the reason they have the armorer there, and that's the armorer's responsibility, you know. What? But like Misha said, and I've said I've said it as well. Why was there even live ammo on the set? That's that's going to well, come down to who brought that ammo. Why was it on the set? I had heard that they all were out, that most of them were out shooting that day with live ammo. Like target practicing or whatever. I don't know facts. Guess not. All righty. Let's see. Bending Ballistics is out there. He says the armorer should take full fault of this case. Technically, the armorer's job is to make sure firearms are safe for that scene. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's, you know, you know, there's, you know, there's a union and she's part of it. And that's the union is pushed for this. So it's going to be, it's going to be on the armor. And like I said, if she let Alec Baldwin bully her, it's still on her. She is the one. And you can bet your ass that's in the that's in their contract. She is the one responsible. She can full stop everything because she's the armorer. Yeah. Okay. So let's go to my next article. And they never should have allowed. 
live ammo on set. No, they shouldn't have. Yeah. That's that's gonna be her fault. Unless she can prove that somebody else brought it in and she didn't know about it, but she would have been the one in control of the gun, so she would have known about it. Okay, we have an article from Tom Knighton. And it says, Mills Mum on Maine Democrats' anti-gun demands. Okay. Maine Governor Janet Mills is an interesting case. She's a Democrat, and there's not really any doubt about that. Most of her policies fall neatly in line with her party's politics. The one place she seems to diverge is on guns. Yes, she's pushing gun control now, but it's really not as bad as a lot of her fellow Democrats wanted. In fact, they're now asking for a lot, including a 72-hour waiting period on gun purchases. So far, the governor hasn't really been tripping over herself to respond to these demands. In fact, she's been pretty quiet. Governor Janet Mills declined to take a position Wednesday on a set of new gun control and mental health proposals from Democratic lawmakers that go farther than her policy response to the Lewiston mass shooting. The three bills, which had the backing of most legislative Democrats, are highlighted by renewed attempts to require 72-hour waiting periods on gun purchases purchases, and ban bump stocks or other rapid-fire devices attached to semi-automatic weapons. Those proposals failed to pass the Democratic-controlled legislature last year and during previous sessions. But Democratic leaders behind the latest measure said the October 25 mass shooting at a Lewiston bowling alley and bar that left 18 dead and 13 injured has forced Mainers to consider ways to prevent more violence in the future. The governor recognizes that there's a strong and diverse set of perspectives on both sides of the aisle about how we can improve public safety in Maine. Mills spokesperson Ben Goodman said Wednesday after Democrats held a news conference to discuss the bills. She welcomes a robust, respectful, and collaborative discussion about steps we can take to better protect Maine people, and she believes it is critical we take action, Goodman said. The thing is, Mills doesn't seem to be inclined to take those particular actions, and why would she? Lewiston happened, and there are a lot of things we could do to address the fact that it did, especially since we know the killer was seriously mentally ill, but a 72-hour waiting period wouldn't have stopped him. He'd had those guns for far longer than that already, nor would it stop any other criminal or mass murder. None of this would prevent this, nor are Democrats really pretending it would. They just think they can get away with it now versus last year. And here's the thing. I can't definitively say Mills won't sign such a bill into law. She is a Democrat, and she's inclined to at least take some steps with regard to legislation following Lewiston. She's not been bad on guns as governor, but that could change. Yet if she doesn't, these measures are dead. While the Democrats control the legislature, they lack a veto-proof majority. There's no way Republicans in the state are going to roll over and vote for legislation they, they're vehemently opposed to after the governor vetoed it. It's just not going to happen. So we'll have to wait and see precisely what happens in Maine, because it's going to be interesting to say the least. Any thoughts on that? Gun control is always knee-jerk reactions. Yep. It for sure is. They will accomplish nothing except make it harder and People who aren't going to shoot up stuff. All right, let's see. Out there in the chat, Travis T says the best possible gun safety law that could be passed is to ban people with zero knowledge about guns from regulating them. It's not a bad idea. Uh, Duffer says gun laws always put the fear of God in criminals. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see Optimus <laughs> Prime Rib is out there. All right. And Hasbro says got to go. Have a great evening. Good to see you. Not Hasbro. 
Clint Torres says, the thing is, Democratic arguments are always the same. Therefore, I believe we should point that out and tell them to STFU. <laughs> I do believe that's true. All Stifu? right. Stafu. <laughs> All right. So, let's see. We got one more anyway. So, let's go. This one. Might be kind of fun. This story says Washingtonian acts like LGBT gun owners are something new. Are they? Let's find out. I get annoyed by the acronym for the LGBT community continuing to grow until we've reached a point that no one can keep it straight. (laughs) No pun intended. But the LGBT folks have been around for a very long time. These days, though, we hear a lot of rhetoric about how folks are in danger because they're LGBT or some variation thereof. So a lot of folks in these groups are buying guns and learning how to use them. There's nothing new about that. We've had people from all different communities become gun owners. Yet at the Washingtonian, they act like this is something new. And quoting here, in all of our conversations, however, Rachel told me about feeling unsafe or worrying about the safety of people around her. (laughs) America has never been especially friendly towards LGBTQ plus people. And in recent years, their growing cultural visibility and acceptance has sparked a backlash. Radical right wing groups have harassed drag events, while some Republican politicians and self-proclaimed parents rights organizations have portrayed school lessons and library books about sexual orientation and gender identity as pedophilic tools for grooming children. Meanwhile, governments in red and purple states have legislated specifically against trans people aged 13 to 17, who, according to recent reports, number about 300,000. 23 states ban transgender kids from taking part in sports that align with their gender identities. 22 forbid gender-affirming health care, and 9 ban people from using restrooms that don't align with the sex they were assigned at birth. Violence looms as well. A 2021 report from UCLA's law school found that trans people are more than four times as likely as cisgender people to be victims of violent crime. One in four trans people pulled by the health policy research nonprofit KFF and the Washington Post said they've been physically attacked because of their identity. The FBI's tally of hate crimes based on gender identity jumped 32% from 2021 to 2022, and again, the actual number is likely higher. Rachel often feels scared to go out at night. For a lot of us, it feels like we're living in the years before something really bad happening, she says. About a year after she came out, she says, she and her mom were arguing about gun ownership. Mom is not a fan. Her mother told her fear was just part of what being a woman is. It is scary. But Rachel doesn't want to live that way. Guns, she said, offer a solution. Here's a part that would probably blow the writer's mind. No one is bothered by Rachel embracing her Second Amendment rights except the anti-gunners. LGBT folks have been part of the gun community for ages. Yes, there are some in the community bothered by this, but most people really don't care. If you're a shooter, then you're someone we welcome into the shooting community. If you support our right to keep and bear arms, we support yours. And hell, I'll support yours even if you don't support mine. The truth is that anyone who feels like they might be the target of a violent crime should consider getting a gun and learning how to use it if they're lawfully able. They should take it to the range regularly and know how to use it in a defensive situation. They should know the self-defense laws in their state. Nothing about this is controversial. Most of us on this side of the fence would say as much. This piece seems like it's trying to show a new phenomenon, something that'll shatter the right learning nature of the gun right leaning nature of the gun community. However, what's going to happen is in time, these new gun folks are going to get tired of Democrats, their supposed <laughs> allies in all things, trying to take their guns away. Either Democrats mm-hmm. will need to stop pushing gun control, which is a win or they're going to lose their voters entirely. Well, that make quite the article at some place like the Washingtonian. (laughs) Yeah. What's the Washingtonian? 
Is it uh, like the bathroom, public bathroom outside of Washington? Or? Now, I always appreciate all those who support the channel, but I also know that money is tight lately. However, did you know that you can support the channel without it costing you one red cent? That's right. All you have to do is use my Amazon store link when you shop at Amazon. So just go to Amazon.com forward slash shop forward slash gizzard gearing without any spaces when you do your Amazon shopping. And when you shop using that link, no matter what you buy during that session, the channel will receive a small commission from your purchases. As always, thank you for your support. I'm guessing it's a publication of some sort. I can't say as I know. <laughs> Does anybody else know anything about this or have anything to say about this article? Yeah. I, where did they get their... I mean, again, we're getting into this. Where did where do they get their their numbers? I mean, are there are there victims of violence because of their identity? Is that like the school shooting number, or is that an actual number? I mean, are we getting into that? Or are we just talking about how we don't care? I don't care. What you're, what you identify as? I don't care who you sleep with. I just don't. And I think there's a lot of people that don't give two two shits about it. But the only people who seem to really care about any of that stuff are the Democrats. So, the Washingtonian is a magazine. Okay. I looked it up. Well, let's see. Uh, Bending Ballistics says, as gun owners, we should all, we should, we all should support the organization Armed Equality. Uh, let's see. Wood says you got to watch those Washington people. Too many Subarus. Yeah, that's probably, <laughs> that's probably true. Wood says so. Foss is off the hook. Yeah, I think we're talking about we're talking about Washington D.C. Basically, is what this magazine is geared towards. So, well. We've got a little bit of extra time, it seems. So let's go. Let's go back here and see what we've got here. Anybody see anything that looks interesting? If not, I guess we can play charades or something like that. <laughs> What was that about the Ohio crime stats and Ohio crime stats? I think it's under corner in there. No, down one more down. Op ed takes right in the center. Right here. Mm-hmm. Op ed takes issue with citing Ohio crime stats after constitutional carry took effect. All right. Violent crime in Ohio is down. The state passed constitutional carry. These two facts are indisputable. What's a matter for discussion is whether or not they're related to one another, and if so, how much? The truth of the matter is that cities in the state saw a massive drop in homicides, even as more people were able to carry guns. For one op-ed writer, though, people need to stop mentioning this fact. Bowling Green State University published a study in January concerning a law passed in June 2022 that permits citizens to carry firearms in public without a license. In the years since, we are told there is a significant decrease in crime incidents involving a firearm 
in Ohio's eight most populous cities. Gun zealots will surely herald this study as proof that relaxed gun restrictions pose no risk. And Attorney General Dave Yost crows the surest takeaway is that it really didn't have an impact on gun violence. Memo to Attorney General Yost. The study isn't comprehensive enough to be significant. It covered just one year prior to the law's passage and one year after. More in-depth studies conclude that an increase in permitless carry leads to an increase in gun violence. Yeah. The author goes on to cite a number of much older studies that reveal exactly what he wants. And to be fair, he's not wrong. A single year isn't indicative of a long-term trend. However, we should know, we also know that many of these studies are bad for a variety of reasons. This is something Cam wrote about a couple of years ago. Here's a prime example of why many of these studies are an issue. One example that Brown raises is the oft-repeated claim that gun homicides dropped by 40% after the state of Connecticut adopted a permit-to-purchase law requiring handgun owners to first receive a gun permit from the local police department. This was breathlessly reported back in 2015 by outlets like the Washington Post and repeated on Democratic debate stages in 2020. But Brown revealed some interesting parts of the study that weren't widely reported and utterly discount that 40% statistic. First, the drop in homicides in Connecticut wasn't based on a comparison between previous years or the United States as a whole. Instead, researchers crafted a synthetic Connecticut comprised of portions of Rhode Island, California, and several other states and compared those homicide totals to Connecticut's post-permit murder rate. That's bad enough. But what makes it egregiously worse is that the researchers' own data showed that the drop in Connecticut's murder rate was short-lived, and that within a few years, the gun homicide rate in the real Connecticut was actually more than 40% higher than it was in a synthetic state dreamt up by the academics. Somehow, the author didn't take issue with the methodology here. Regardless of any of that, what he's missing is one important point. What happened doesn't remotely resemble what people like him said would happen if constitutional carry passed. They claimed violence would be worse when it's not. They claimed homicides would skyrocket, and they didn't. Correlation may not equal causation, but causation should cause correlation. Then again, anyone who refers to us as gun zealots is a zealot of a different stripe. He's dismissed the issues with gun research when it shows what he likes and takes issues with anything but perfect methodology when it doesn't. Gun control doesn't work, and studies are routinely rigged to make it look like they are. That is zealotry, as is ignoring those criticism only to become a critic of a study that's open and honest about what it found. Ha! What say you, panel? This is a talkative-ass panel tonight, I gotta tell you. (laughs) Duffer says, can you read that again, Gary? I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's pretty much proven, you know, you can weigh, you know, stats one way or the other, and you know, it's like you see these commercials, four out of five dentists recommend this toothpaste. Well, they can legally say that, but, you know, it may have been four out of 30, but they can reduce that down and say four out of five legally. Well, if you read the fine print, it says four out of five dentists surveyed. Yeah. So if you take a didn't say random or anything. They may have only asked four dentists. Yeah. Or five or whatever. And they asked their opinion before they gave the survey, too. Right. Surveyed. So they didn't say anything about it being a fair survey, random survey, or (laughs) anything of the sort. So, yeah, you can play with figures. Oh, yeah. Like that. Yeah. Most men like to play with figures, but. But, uh, You can always massage the numbers. Yep. <laughs> and you can always twist the facts to make it look like they're in your favor. And as far as like surveys and polls and stuff like that, they actually 
those are usually worded to get a response that they want. So it's, you know, to, to go to the extreme of it is, do you, do you like chicken or do you hate cats? <laughs> I hate cats. So. Okay. <laughs> do you like chicken? I'm sorry. You'd be you'd be the one out of five, you know. <laughs> do you slam it? Do you do you slam the slide closed on an empty chamber, or do you kill kittens? <laughs> Kill kittens. Just out of general principle or what? Accidents. <laughs> I, well, the I word actually, kill. I actually saw the air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Accidents. Dom's like, how did those cats get in that gunny sack? Mm-hmm. Oh, damn it. I dropped it off it was this a baptism. bridge in the river. Well, I thought that's how you baptized cats. You put them in a gunny sack with a, with a cement block and threw them No, over that's the river. how you send them through basic training. You got to get them in the gunny <laughs> sack so that gunny can take care of them. Houdini training. I got yeah. screwed up. <laughs> you guys are going to really piss George off in a second. We better stop. He doesn't listen to this show. Oh, they don't? Okay. That makes two of us. <laughs> <laughs> Just on it. I don't watch it. <laughs> that makes two of us. Uh, Travis T says you should see all the blood in the streets of Florida since permitless carry mm-hmm. passed. Oh wait, never mind. Nothing changed. Well, it's because it rains every day down there at three p.m. It washes it all away. <laughs> That's true. Duh. Ah, Defense Dad says, what about baby cows? They're the size of a dog, and when they get old, it'd be acceptable to eat them. I don't know. We talked to our cow farmer in here. Yeah. Let's go to an expert. I like steak. I thought steak could be a vegetarian like Snob. From baby cows? I mean, I'm not picky. (laughs) (laughs) I like the fourth trimester cat... <laughs> wow. says, I don't care what size it what size it is if it fits on the grill no matter wow <laughs> oh. those baby ones grill up just like the big ones do mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't require near as much freezer space Mm-mm. in fact you could probably <laughs> put one on a spit you know <laughs> <laughs> oh, heck of a deal. We're horrible people. We're all very horrible people. That's what I've been told. <laughs> uh, Defense Dad says, My kid wants one of those baby or miniature cows. They don't get bigger than like a German Shepherd. <laughs> Michael Dunn says, Isn't baby cow called veal? Kind of. There's more to that than that, but yeah, you got to keep them in a little pen where they can't move. Keep and they them can't in the be dark. out of sunlight. Hmm? And, uh, they can't be in the sunlight either. They can't be in the yeah. sunlight. What are they vampires? No. Was that cook them or something or what? It's just how veal's made. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> know that veal was actually cow vampire. Who knew? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We learn something every day. Yeah, you stick them in the sunlight, their name changes from Bill to Beef. Very well might. Yeah, very well might. All right. Well, let's talk about some other stuff here, because I want to bring it to everyone's attention that today (laughs) is Friday. And that means it's Free Patch Friday at GearWebsites.com. As we all know, Gear Websites is your source for every Second Matters gun channels, gear, MOID, and more. They have patches, stickers, and other items. And every Friday is Free Patch Friday. So buy cool stuff at GearWebsites.com. But uh, 
as I normally say, don't just take my word for it. Let's hear from G-Webs himself. GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. That's right. We got some good people. We got some good people there at gearwebsites.com so we're going to go ahead and segue right into the last segment of the show and that would be what did you learn and uh, let's see is that something you want me to put on the screen Snobby Gun Snob That snob must be muted. He's not here. Oh, he left. Well, I'm heck. just going. I'm just going by what's up on the screen here. It doesn't look like he's here. Well, then he can't answer the question. <laughs> okay. Anyway, what did you learn? So we're going to ask all of our panelists, the three that are left, anyway. What did you learn tonight? Then tell us what you got coming up for the next week on your channel or plug whatever you want to plug. And of course, we're going to start with my co host, Obnoxious One. What did you learn? Not a thing. Didn't learn a thing. Heck of a deal. What have you got coming up for us? Stuff. I don't know if I'm going to have any things, but I got stuff coming up. Okay. But you got some things in the works for later. Mm, I don't know about that. We might be out of the things business. Wow. That's a rough rough year. We might have to get out of, we might have to uh, tighten our portfolio just a little bit and focus on our stuff. Might have to do that. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. But anyway, thanks for being here, buddy. Appreciate it. And staying to the end of the show, unlike some people. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to Hillbilly Up. What did you learn? Ah, I learned that a lot of people will spend $20 on ball cap, but not a good pair of underwear. <laughs> yeah, but I can wear the same cap every day. You can do the same thing with underwear. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what I got coming up, Yeah, we have uh, Gums Beer and Therapy tomorrow night, 9 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock Eastern. And I do have a video coming out tomorrow on those really cool Brownworks uh, gun stands. And so all of that coming out tomorrow, I'm pretty excited about it. It's a pretty cool. Um, so... I think that's about it for as far as the weekend goes. All righty. Well, thanks thank for you. having me on, buddy. Thank you for being here. And so let's go on to Serge. What did you learn? Hmm. I could get right at the end, so I'm just not really sure. <laughs> I apologize. Well, that's all right. What have you got coming up for us? Hmm. Something as soon as they get a tracking number. Cool. Two something as soon as they get tracking numbers. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you for being here. And so that leads me to this. I want to thank everybody for being here this evening and for watching Foul Territory. Whether you watched on YouTube, Facebook, or or X, or you're uh, watching the replay, or possibly even listening to the podcast later on this week. Thanks for taking part in the program. Thanks to everybody who participated in the text chat or sent in Gorn. I appreciate that. Thanks to my wonderful panel this evening for helping me put on the show. And, of course, a special thanks to all of my channel members out there on YouTube for helping to support the channel financially. I certainly do appreciate it. 
want to remind everybody that after this show, coming up the top of the hour, 11 o'clock p.m. Central, is the weekly 2A wrap-up on the Gun Websites channel, also on the Daily Gun Show channel. And I do have that listed as a uh, follow-up, so when I end this show, you should get a link to it. So there's G-Webs right there, as a matter of fact. Also, don't forget, once again, Free Patch Friday at GearWebsites.com. So make sure and go out and get you some cool stuff. So get you a free patch, Free Patch Friday. Every second matters tomorrow. Don't forget. Also, don't forget that if anyone tries to infringe on your right to keep and bear arms, give them the bird. This is Gizzard Gary. On behalf, there's the rest of my panel right there. On behalf of my panel, have a, a wonderful evening, safe weekend, and I will give my panelists one last chance to do their shout-outs before I hit the closing credits. So here we go. I ordered a free patch Friday and got all kinds Yo. of cool free patch. Yo. Yo. <laughs> all right. Free stuff from CA this weekend. Cool. California? All right. Anyway, thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Foul Territory is a production of Gizzard Gary Productions and is streamed live every Friday at 9 p.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch and released as an audio podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Pandora, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes, Samsung, and Podchaser. For more information, visit our website at gizzardgary.com. <laughs>